I tell a lot of the students I work with too, this is, you know, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. You don't have to go way out. You don't have to go super out, but maybe just start with like 10% outside of your comfort zone because then you'll and capture that 10% and make it your comfort zone. And then you get to go 10% further. So seek out things that make you feel a little uncomfortable and conquer those things because then you can just keep conquering more. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Hello and welcome to On The Grid, Z Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities, and much more. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and it's time to start buzzing around. This week, the grid is buzzing with bees, energy bees, that is. Joining us today is Sadie Bronk, CEO of Energy Bees and Executive Director of the Best Earth Ever Project. Sadie shares with us how the mission of Energy Bees is reflected in the work they do, the many hurdles of being a small business, and how with the power of energy, we can solve the problems of today, creating a better tomorrow. So y'all better be ready. It's time to get on the grid. Hello and welcome to On The Grid. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and joining me today from San Antonio, Texas is Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how's San Antonio today? How are you this afternoon? I'm doing really well, and San Antonio is gearing up for Fiesta, so it is in full swing coming up next month. Um, So we're all very excited about having Fiesta in person. Nice. This is the first time Fiesta's been in person in two years, right? Yes. I, I learned that over the weekend, actually, so I'm excited about that. Getting on the grid with us this week, Joyce, is Sadie Bronk, CEO and co-founder of Energy Bees. Sadie, welcome to On the Grid. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about Energy Bees and everything in between. Awesome. Thanks, Joyce. Thanks, Ricky, for having me. Um, I'm really excited to do this podcast. Uh, A little bit about me. Where do I even start? I mean, right? So crazy. Um, So yeah, CEO of a for-profit company, uh, Energy Bees. We're an energy services company. And we're also a very proud woman-owned business. So uh, a small business. So really proud about that. We'll get hopefully more into that later, but I really did want to just tell a little bit about my background and how I got here. Is that cool? A hundred percent. I want to hear all about you. (laughs) Sweet. Tell us more. I live in Austin, Texas now, but I uh, originated and was born in uh, Seattle, Washington, Pacific Northwest. So uh, I have 20 years of experience in the energy and utility space. And I always cringe a little when I say that. Um, on one hand, because that means I'm like middle-aged, but on the other hand, it means I have all this awesome experience. I have never worked in another industry other than this one. I've had lots of jobs in this industry, but I've only worked in this industry. So uh, I've worked for an investor in utility uh, as a major account executive. I've uh, been a director of operations for an energy efficiency implementation firm. And that allowed me to work across the country with lots of different utilities, which was really cool. So I got to understand how the company or the country operates differently. Um, And then in 2017, I ventured out and started Energy Bees. So I became an entrepreneur, a business owner. And then most recently, I even became a nonprofit co-founder and executive director. Uh, So pretty busy and 
let's see, a couple more titles. I'm a wife, a mom, and I also have a chocolate lab named Ruby. I have two dogs. They are both 10 years old and one of them's very grumpy and one of them's not. They're just polar opposites. And so uh, our dogs need to get together. So you're, so you're doing a lot. You're staying busy, busy like a bee. See, we've had previous conversations before. I noticed something about energy. Bees. So energy bee has a really great mission. Be aware, be efficient, be change. How does this mission play out in the work you're doing day to day? And what do those projects look like? Yeah, and I just have to rewind there because be aware, be efficient, be change. You know, the puns can keep coming with the B. I mean, it's the perfect name, energy bees. Uh, (laughs) But that those words really do sum up who we are. Um, And we approach energy efficiency services from a new lens, through a new lens. Our industry is so focused on installing new equipment and in automating the technology and you know trying to actually get away from the human factor like take humans out of the the equation because they're so pesky in our buildings right they just use up the energy and leave things on uh, so we actually try to bring the human factor back into the equation. So we're approaching energy efficiency program design and our services, uh, bringing in and incorporating the human factor. We offer up uh, best-in-class equipment, design practices. We're crunching data just like the rest of us around uh, the industry today, but we're also incorporating behavior science best practices. Uh, Some work we do, I guess, that we incorporate this um, is we work with affordable housing developers uh, to uh, conduct some energy modeling so that they know if, you know, I install this equipment and provide this education to our tenants, we can lower energy bills. Um, We do change management and training uh, for software implementations in the utility industry space uh, and those that support utilities. Uh, which has been quite interesting. Um, Learning about the software industry is pretty cool. Uh, We also designed some pretty cool programs um, and implement them for utilities uh, around education. So we have a kits program. Uh, We have a kooky character named Dr. Kay Watts and her illumination station. And she brings energy education to sixth grade students and teaches them how to uh, reduce energy use in their homes and install certain uh, energy uh, equipment like LED light bulbs and power strips and stuff, but we want to focus on that behavior change. Yeah, I guess we also evaluate portfolios of energy efficiency programs, focusing on the qualitative side of the business and the data um, through process evaluations. And most recently, we've even started dabbling in the environmental, social, and governance uh, planning and reporting space for um, to incorporate a, the environmental and social impact and tracking to goals that corporations are setting during their financial planning uh, process. I guess the only thing I'd like to say, tying that back to be aware, be efficient, be changed, is that we also, through all of those products and services that we're throwing out there, we're incorporating a piece of diversity, equity, and inclusion 
um, into our business. So for instance, Dr. Kay Watts, she's a female um, and we cast her oftentimes as a Hispanic, Latina or woman of color. And she's in STEM, right? She's an energy engineer in STEM that's going out to sixth graders so that everyone sees her and is like, oh, this is, this is a normal thing, right? Which isn't necessarily the representation of our industry right now. And if you look at our logo, we even have an equality sign there too. So I just wanted to bring that up. So be aware, be efficient, be change, all th- all those three things. And all those three things play together so well. And it's it's such a great mission to stand by. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, thank you for all the work that you guys are doing, Sadie. I know you kind of maybe touched on this or maybe we've talked around this a little bit, but how exactly was Energy Bees founded and why is this work important to you? Oh man. So I, you know, I've only really worked for three companies, an investor owned utility, a large energy efficiency implementation firm, and then the company that I helped co-found and am now the CEO of, right? So, but I've had so many different job titles within those companies over the last 20 years. And through that career journey, I noticed that there weren't very many women in leadership roles. And this was so amplified when I had my son in 2015. Um, and I, I had a, a, a newborn. I was, you know, at the top of my kind of career, I had just hit that big job that I'd really set out to become a director of operations. And I, at the time I was working for a company that had 3000 employees, um, but there was not one female C-level executive or a female presence on the board at that time. That has since changed. I'm happy to report that since changed, made some changes. Um, But I realized it was not a great place for me to grow and thrive anymore. And when you're coming off of maternity leave, I'm sure there's lots of women out there that can relate. Um, I had a lot of postpartum depression and that really manifests itself in the form of anxiety And it was about anxiety about like leaving my son for 10 hours a day at 12 weeks old um, and going into every work every day. And all my peers were men and my mentors were amazing. um, And most all of them were men, my mentors to this day. And they had massive compassion for me. They themselves have kids and wives that had those kids, but they weren't on two hours of sleep. They weren't breast you know, feeding and pumping in between meetings and getting asked like, what's that weird noise in the background? Like while you're on a conference call, you know, and, and that piece was just, I just couldn't do it anymore, to be honest. Um, And I thought at that time I met my, my business partner, I had just known her for six months and she was also feeling the same way, kind of stuck in this place um, where she wasn't feeling represented. She's of the LGBTQ community. um, And as a female lesbian. She didn't see herself represented at the top either. And we thought if we move companies, we're going to be stuck in the same situation. And we said, you know, if this, I love this industry, I don't want to leave the industry, but if this doesn't exist, then we have to go out and create it. Like we have to go make this for ourselves. And I also thought if I'm going to work this hard and be this tired, I want a bigger piece of the revenue pie and potential, right? That this could give me. Um, And the biggest motivation of all is that I just wanted my son to grow up in a world that it's commonplace to see women as business owners, leaders, and executives. Um, And therefore, Energy Bees was born. Wow. I mean, what an amazing journey. You know, as a woman in this field, it's 
definitely uh, encouraging to know other women like yourself and your business partner as you guys have pursued, you know, um, equity within the work that you do, as well as representation by just existing in the field. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, there. what's that quote? Be be the change you want to see in the world, right? So you 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 saw that there was an issue. You're stepping in to help create that change. And I love that. And be the change you want to see. See, see, more bees. It needs to happen. I'm I'm here for it. You know, so this is all very exciting. Like hearing the hearing how energy bees was founded. And unfortunately, I'm sure it wasn't always fun, sunshine, rainbows exciting. What kind of hurdles did you really face along the way of starting energy bees and how do you kind of overcome them? Well, it's funny that you said the word sunshiny and rainbows because colleagues that work with me and even my business partner will say Sadie can throw like glitter and sunshine and toss rainbows at it. And all of a sudden out comes this unicorn somewhere. I'm like one of the most positive people. (laughs) I really try to stay in that mindset And I'm a dreamer. I'm like, I'm a dreamer, like head in the clouds kind of person most of the time. But yes, the hurdles are crazy. It feels like you're just constantly clawing, right? Just like clawing at it to get there. It felt like that when I was working for for the man, right? I guess the big term, like that's a a term. Um, But I also, now that I work for myself, I'm clawing in different ways. Um, I think one of our biggest woes, we are a small woman-owned business and our business structure right now is to subcontract with larger implementation firms, evaluation firms, engineering firms. We're typically a subcontractor and navigating that is interesting. So sometimes you are introduced as part of the team and you get a seat at the table with the client that you're serving, right? Um, Other times you're buried in these large portfolio bids where you have no access to the client. You can't hear what they're thinking or really understand what their needs are, especially if there's a pivot or a transition. And so getting that information out is so hard. So I encourage those that are, if you're working with a subcontractor and bringing them in on a bid, you know, see them as a valued partner, not as a nuisance. And if they are a nuisance, maybe don't work with that subcontract, like find someone that's going to bring the value. We're bringing niche programs. We're small, we're nimble, we're innovative. We really do want to bring value to those contracts and to the clients that we're helping serve their clients. So that's one of the hardest parts, I think, uh, especially as we're growing and getting better at what we're doing, right? And we have more to offer. It's hard to play that back seat. The other thing is, is you'll go out to bid on RFPs. This is a huge hurdle, like the clawing piece. And you put a lot of time and effort into every single BD RFP and you, and you try to be efficient at it. Um, but because you're a subcontractor, oftentimes the contract's won. And if you're not at the seat at the table in those follow-up interviews or during the final scoping, you get cut more often than you would think, even though you helped potentially win the bid with the minority owned points or you know that piece of it. Sometimes it's client driven, other times, you know, the prime contractor, whether subconsciously or not, you know, they can't sell your products like you can to the end client. And so if you don't have a seat at the table, it's 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 easier to cut you, right? So 
I would encourage the seat at the table. The biggest hurdle also is you have to have so much motivation to be a business owner and work for yourself and always innovate, always change. You hit a hurdle. Okay, pivot. Let's move. Let's shake. Let's get this done, right? Balancing innovation and motivation with rest and rejuvenation. Um, I feel so much guilt when I rest, like if I'm Netflix binging, you know, like everybody does, like I saw Tiger King. Yes, I did. I feel guilty, right? Like I'm guilt ridden because I know that I should probably be working on a new product or something, you know, or following up on those 20 emails that are sitting unread. Um, but sometimes you just need, you just need to sit back and relax, um, and rest because then if I'm not rested, I can't innovate. And the last thing I'll mention about a hurdle, because sunshine and rainbows, my business partner, Ashley Myers Black, she handles all of the uh, administration, operations, IT. I mean, she is a dream come true partner. And we're five years in now, but every small business like entrepreneur book says, do not go in with a partnership. <laughs> like, don't do it. It's horrible. And I mean, the first two years are treacherous. Like, I'm so glad we didn't really know each other that well because we got to learn how, like, if we had known each other really well, I think it would have been harder than getting to know each other along the way. We were both very committed. I think the two things are we were yin and yang. That's what makes it work. I'm, you know, she's detail-oriented. I'm head in the clouds. Um, but we both have a mutual respect for the other person's skill sets. And we also have the same work ethic. And if you have those two things, I think you can meet and make it work. If you don't, you're going to hit some major pitfalls. Oh, and that balance together, just the complementary of the yin and the yang really, I think, works so well. And you essentially can grow together, which is always so nice. Yeah, I love that. No, most definitely. I mean, founding partners is one of the biggest hurdles that any new company faces. And particularly from an entrepreneurial startup realm, those things can be really costly to the business itself, um, as well as to the potential for investments or disentangling yourself from a failed partnership. So having that person that has your back um, the whole time to be five years in is really strong and solid. So kudos to you and your partner for making that happen um, for energy bees, because it is not easy because business is not easy. And then you toss in working with someone it's, you know, it's like a marriage and, um, <laughs> and it doesn't always work out. <laughs> so true. I could not agree more. I think the best way to describe it is a marriage. Um, and I'm on my second marriage. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there it is. So, but along with the pitfalls, right. And failures, successes usually live within the same realm. I think one of the successes that you have is with the best earth ever project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Yeah. So energy bees, uh, was founded in 2017. And out of that success, we wanted to contribute and give back to the communities we're serving. And so we founded a nonprofit, Best Earth Ever, also B Project. Get it? Get it? We have a theme. Yes. Um, and we established this 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2019. Uh, our mission is to train the next generation's green workforce while also creating equitable pathways to green jobs. 
um, there's just this gap of diversity in our industry and access to these high paying green jobs. I mean, we hear it in the news every day, like this is where the jobs are going to come from, right? And so we have some amazing sponsors. I mean, what a time to start a nonprofit in late 2019, uh, right before this giant pandemic happened. Um, but we had amazing partners that believed in our mission and our sponsors. Um, and so uh, I want to give a huge shout out to ITRON and CPS Energy and the City of San Antonio and a Smart Energy Education. Um, their support has helped launch two really awesome programs. We have first our Green Jobs Program. We work with high school students 16 to 18. Uh, we help introduce them to industry experts and green jobs that they're doing. This, is, this ranges from filmmakers to engineers to HVAC technicians. I mean, it's across the board. There's a lot of things that come up with uh, green jobs. And we help them also along this journey, the seven week journey, we help them develop their resumes and LinkedIn profiles. And then they actually get to connect with the industry experts that they're meeting at a young age and start building those connections and networks early on. In addition, the industry experts are getting to meet with people that they normally wouldn't meet with. We're working with some students that are socioeconomically disadvantaged from different parts of town that maybe the industry experts aren't used to. You know what I mean? Like we're connecting people in a new way and we're using uh, LinkedIn to do that. And it's all about who you know to get that job or that next contract, right? As you get older and start growing in your career. And so those connections are invaluable. And out of the Green Jobs Program, we started the B Internship. And right now this is a summer internship. It's an intensive, it's very intensive. They get to work with us, <laughs> we're quite intense. And students are paired with a commercial energy manager department or a sustainability manager at a corporate corporation or school district. And we are serve as an extension of their team and help them solve a problem. It's all project-based learning. The students can work up to 20 hours a week and they're paid $15 an hour. And at the end, they deliver a project to help that organization. This year, we're partnering with San Antonio ISD Sustainability Department. And usually we have some projects around engagement with uh, the student body or some sort of human factor engagement. Um, so I encourage you to go check out our website besteartheverproject.org um, to see some of the projects that the students have actually produced. Um, pretty cool stuff. You know, one thing we usually ask people for at Z Prime when we're just talking to them is, did energy find you or did you find energy? Did you always know you want to work in energy? That you wanted to be in that space? no idea what I wanted to do when I was in college. I just knew I liked to talk and I liked watching TV. So I got a communications major. I was going to be a technical director. And then, um, yeah, I graduated and had a bunch of um, student loans I had to pay back. Uh, and I got my first job as a temp working and doing timesheets for the local utility Puget Sound Energy as a temp and I was doing timesheets for line linemen. And uh, that was my introduction to energy and the rest is history. I, that's also why I think Green Jobs Program has been, you know, that that's why I do that work is because I had no idea that there were so many different jobs and needs in our industry. And I have never been bored. I have like moved 
around in so many positions. And I've actually used my communications degree many, many times. It's helped me. Um, and I just want uh, young people to know that this industry is cool. It's sexy, just like, you know, other cool, sexy industries. Um, and we also can change the world. I mean, that's where we're at right now. Uh, climate change is real and, and we need to, this is the industry to, to make the change. Totally. 100%. So, you know, we've talked about you starting Energy Bees. We've talked about the successes that have come from it through this new project. We've also talked about, you know, your former experience prior to both of those things. So over, you know, your career, I'm sure you've learned some really great lessons that have helped propel you to this next level. What can you share? What are some of the great, the best practices you've learned or maybe the best lessons you've learned just throughout your overall experience? I, I tell a lot of the students I work with too, this is, you know, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Um, it is, and you don't have to go way out. You don't have to go super out, but maybe just start with like 10% outside of your comfort zone because then you'll and capture that 10% and make it your comfort zone. And then you get to go 10% further. So it's an incremental um, adjustment. So. So seek out things that make you feel a little uncomfortable and conquer those things because then you can just keep conquering more. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. I was an account manager for a long time at a utility and leaving a utility and working and utilities are, are monopolies. There's not a lot of competition <laughs> at a utility. Like people kind of have to use your services. And so, I mean, the biggest leap I made was joining uh, energy efficiency consulting firm. Like to go from a utility to consulting um, was scary. It was very scary. And I moved cross country to do it. Um, but it was the best move of my life. And I realized that I had the chops to make this happen. And then I learned about like business development and sales. And I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then I get to develop my own products. Like this is even cooler. Like, so you just keep growing and growing and growing. But on the flip side of that, I've been in this industry so long, like since I was 18 and, um, I, I don't want to get tunnel vision. I don't want to get stuck in my old ways. Now that I'm like in the midpoint of my career, I feel like I, so I'm always looking to research and understand other business models and keep my perspective fresh so I can bring that back to our industry. And that's why I really liked getting into software implementation. Um, it was a place I hadn't really worked before and getting to do change management and training and software deployment was awesome. You know, I, I learned about uh, those different strategies um, that software implementation and development companies are putting into play. And I take those strategies into my product development now too. So those are the types of things. I just, I get bored so easily. And I just want people to know that this may seem like a slow moving industry, but it's really not. Like in the last five to 10 years, I've seen more growth than the first 10 that I was in, you know? And in the industry, I always think we say that, you know, if Edison were to come back and check out the grid today, you know, when his first central station was put online in 1882, uh, he would know exactly how it worked. And oh my gosh, but if Alexander Bell came and looked at our smartphones today, he wouldn't have no idea how to use this thing. Well, I would venture to say that pretty soon Edison's going to come and take a look at the grid and the optimization that's going in and the storage and all this opportunity that's starting to happen. 
and he will be baffled. Yes, there might still be wires, but you know what I mean? Like it's changing at such a rapid pace with all the technology. So I think it's cool. I think more people should join this industry because we need some fresh minds up in here. Yeah, definitely. He'll know how to operate it, but he probably won't, but he'll probably have a lot of questions. Boom. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, Sadie, about so many of the things that you're touching on. And like, as a humanities major myself, right, like getting a degree in English, like thinking about what I wanted to do, I never thought I would be doing any of the stuff that I've done in my career, let alone find myself in energy, which it is sexy. And like the fact that people are like, what is it that you do for a living? I have no concept for you. Like, oh, let me tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> because there's just, it's such a rich environment to be in. And it's at such a wonderful point in time too, where there's so much happening. And so, yes, I love all the things that you said and agree that more people need to be a part of this. Um, so you are very energetic. You are very uh, open about your experiences, which is fantastic. So like one of the questions we love to ask is what does energy mean to you? Man, that's, that's a loaded question. I feel like I could go on and on, although I'm probably not supposed to, but um, I think I will share one of my most favorite quotes um, from a genius. Um, and it goes like this. Everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy, this is physics. Thank you, Albert Einstein, because I live my life kind of in that way. So when you say, what is energy to me? It's obviously my life's work. It's part of my spiritual practice. Um, you know, I, I, I use energy work in my spiritual practice. Um, it's part of my attitude and philosophy. I feel like you get what you put out. And when I say you get what you put out, I'm like, I'm putting out some energy vibes. Like if I'm angry and frustrated, you know what my son gives me back? Anger and frustration. If I'm like having a great day and I'm on top of the world, that's what I get back from him. And it's the same to everybody else too, right? So I try to bring that and think, get in that mind frame. doesn't mean I don't get mad and frustrated and sad, you know, those things are real too. But, um, you know, on a global scale, I believe that energy is what wars are fought over. Um, but I, also believe it's ultimately what's going to bring the human race together, right? And um, right the destruction that we have caused on this planet. And it's gonna bring us all together. It's going to be the thing that we all can connect on because energy is everything and everything is energy. Be energy, be energetic. Is there, is there going to be our new phrases? It's going to be good. We have a, we have a saying at Z prime too. Um, we do hashtag love your energy. Um, just clear across the board because you're right. It, it is such a loaded question and everyone perceives energy in such a different way. And so thank you for that answer. Yes. That really wraps us up for today for our listeners at home who are kind of listening along with us. Sadie, where can they follow along with you at? Um, you're on LinkedIn, I'm presuming. We talked about LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn, Energy Bees, um, go search us out on LinkedIn. Best Earth Ever Project on LinkedIn. And then follow us on Instagram too, uh, Energy Bees ATX, at Energy Bees ATX, and then uh, at Best Earth Ever Project 
uh, on uh, Instagram. We would love more followers, follow our students. It's great. Um, we're always up to something. Always buzzing around. Always buzzing around. That's right. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you again for getting on the grid with us today. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Until next time, Sadie, it's been great. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today and you for listening along. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on The Grid, email us at info at zprime.com. For updates, please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Ricky Murray and edited by Aria Levanti. Cover art is designed by Mia Dance.